Greetings, world. Greetings, world. We are back. Um, this is the Intelligent Developer uh, with Andre Bueno and Gerard Delane. Andre, how are you? I am super, super excited about this topic. I know there's been a lot of questions and controversy really around the topic of gentrification. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm excited as well. It's an important conversation. So today we're going to talk about how do you stop gentrification? Um, very heavy conversation. So Andre, tell me, what do you, what do you like the first talking point about what is the way at which if you're in your community in Cleveland or Detroit or Oakland or, you know, Compton or Harlem, What's one of the ways you could you could stop this? Well, you do you do it the way that we're doing it in the Crenshaw district. You gotta buy it. You gotta be in the game. Otherwise, right. you're uh, you're just a, a a victim of circumstance. So let's talk about that. So buying it or, or getting access to the property, having ownership of property. Uh, what are some ways in which people can do that? I think there are a variety of ways, right? I mean, the, the more obvious one is, you know, you have the money, you buy it. And then there are all the, all the other not so obvious ways, right? Where you, you work your way up into the transaction, right? So you don't necessarily need to have all the money on day one to be able to participate, or you don't need, you know, to have, you know, the, the, the investor like lined up in order for you to, you know, be a real player. Mm -hmm. What do you think? So, I mean, what, how, how would you think about that in terms of like, you know, different stages? So a good friend of mine, uh, Dwayne Jeffries said to me years ago, he actually said this exact statement, actually. He was like, you know how you stop gentrification? Ownership, you know, buy your apartment buy your house in your community and you know what the rents won't go up because <laughs> your mortgage will be fixed for 30 years so you know the other part of that which you didn't mention is that you get to enjoy the appreciation of that neighborhood so as the neighborhood improves improves in value your you know actual net worth um, actually increases with value with it and the vast majority of americans personal wealth is in their home um, so, you know, buying your first home, you know, the federal government has the FHA program, which lets you get a loan of up to 97%. Um, so all you got to do is save up 3% to buy a house plus, you know, plus or minus the fees, you know, and you can be in the game and you can own a part of that neighborhood. So that's on the residential side. On the commercial side, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of creative ways to to you know, buy a vacant building, buy city-owned property uh, that may be in your city that nobody's used that the city wants to refurbish. Um, you know, there's a number of creative ways to do it, but those those opportunities are still out there. And and who would you who would you engage really in this process if you're if you're trying to work your way 
you know, into a position where you're actually, you know, controlling things. So you're, you know, to be an owner, like, how do you, how do you get there? So, you know, I tell my, I tell my students, you know, being a real estate developer, it's almost like being the head coach of a basketball team, but like different people get there from different ways. So like, you know, Phil Jackson was, you know, a center power forward, but, you know, others were guards and point guards. So you all kind of sort of know the game from your angle. Um, and then eventually being around the game long enough, you start to understand how everything works together and eventually, you know, get to the, the point at which you can run the show. So I said to say, you know, people get there through law, people get that through design, people get there through brokerage. Um, there's a number of different pieces of people come through title work, um, appraisal work. Um, there's a lot of different angles um, that you can work your way back into eventually, you know, getting into the position where you can own your deals. Um, I think the path of lease resistance, I'd probably say is the brokerage route where you don't have to go to college for a degree. Um, you know, you go to a class for a couple of weeks, you get trained, you get the skill set, take the test, you know, and you're basically up and running in about a month um, to actually be in the game and participate in the game. Wow, that's uh, that's really that's really fascinating because um, when we think about brokerage, I mean, we obviously, you know, you think about selling houses or right. maybe even selling apartments, but are there, are there other ways? Um, like, let's say for example, like, like one of my homies might own like a coffee shop or they might have like a, uh, an amazing barbecue right. like concept. Is there a way for me to like be able to make money if I find a way to maybe bring that concept to a place where the retailer went, went bust during the pandemic. Is that a possibility? Absolutely, man. You know, the, the brokerage also works on the commercial side. Um, the fees are big too, because unlike residential leases that sign a one-year lease, you know, retail, you know, commercial leases tend to be multi-year leases. Um, so the actual profit from that as a broker is actually much bigger as well as, you know, the apartment buildings that are in your community, right? Somebody owns that building, right? At some point, that person may sell that building. Lots of times they have brokers that help them do that transaction. And those brokers' fees are very large. Um, so that's the other way to get into the game. There's, you know, as we call it, there's investment sales. You know, people who sell buildings to people who buy buildings. There's brokers who just do that. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, an important point to point out, you know, building sales are at an all-time high right now, right? And there's somebody selling us those buildings and they're getting paid a fee for that. Wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. I mean, so we're, we're seeing these conversations happen really like across the U.S., right? Whether you're on the West Coast and you're in Oakland or you know, Baldwin Village in the Crenshaw District, or you're in Harlem on the mm. East Coast. Um, a lot of these communities are all facing the same challenges. Like there's just a lot of money going into their right. communities and just changing things. So right. 
can you actually realistically stop it? So, no, community is going to change, which, you know, change is good, man. Change is going to happen. You know, the folks who live in that community eventually got to pass or move away and there's going to be another generation. Maybe that next generation moves in the same. Maybe it's new, right? You know, 40, 50 years ago, you know, communities were segregated and people didn't want new people in those communities either. Um, so I think what's most important is, is that, you know, people aren't hurt economically by the changes happening in communities. People aren't forced out in these communities, um, especially for economic reasons. Um, I think when cities do it right, they encourage a diversity of housing and businesses in their communities when it's done right. Uh, that they figure out a way to keep as many people as they can in the community, but also figure out a way to bring new jobs and bring new businesses into those communities too. That's a good thing. What do you think? I think it's tough, right? Like if you, if you grew up in a neighborhood all your life and you don't have any ties other than that's the spot where you paid rent forever. Like on one hand, you're kind of like, this is my neighborhood, but in reality, it's not your neighborhood. You're right. just renting. Paying rent there. Yeah, you yeah just paying, you're just paying, you're just paying rent there. It's like, it's like the equivalent of going to like a McDonald's and being like, Hey, like this is, this is my sandwich shop. <laughs> Right, right. Is that a good analogy? I don't know. No, that's um, actually a perfect one. It's like, no, that's not your store. There's a franchise that owns it, and they get to make decisions whether they keep it open or not, mm. or when they're going to change the hours, when they're going to change the rules in there. You know, the, the, they own it, and you can open a sandwich shop across the street, and then you can call the shot about if that sandwich shop is bringing healthy food options to that neighborhood. That's um, a great point. Not to oversimplify it because, you know, America has had historical issues with finance. Um, so let's not oversimplify it. It has not been easy for everybody to get access to, to, to money and resources. So that's been a real thing. But mm. you still don't own it. The short answer is you still don't own it. So in order to really call those shots, you know, this country is built on ownership. You got to own a piece of it to, to call the shots and make the rules. So, and there, there's, a, I guess there's, there's a lot of benefit to that too, right? Like when new, like, I guess when new capital is coming in to these neighborhoods as, you know, someone who grew up in those communities and on one hand, you're, you're watching your, your very neighborhood that you grew up in as a child now change as an adult. There's like right. that nostalgic, you know, right. kind of uh feeling of like hey like i i wish i wish things didn't change but like things are always changing nothing's ever staying still yeah here's what i tell folks a gallon of milk doesn't cost the same thing it cost 10 years ago it doesn't it costs of meat it doesn't like things are changing um the education requirements we have to get now right 
is not the same as it was 20 years ago, in part because the jobs that we're working isn't the same as it was 20 years ago. Um, the folks we're competing with for jobs isn't the same. So that's what I'm saying. Like things are evolving. I think what's most important, the most important thing I like to get over to folks is like, you got to get into the act of changing and evolving with things as they happen. And standing in place and hoping it stays the same is, is not what I would personally encourage. Um, I will add a little nugget though. And me and Dwayne used to joke about this. You know, Dwayne has said that I'm one of those folks you would call upwardly mobile. <laughs> I've moved around, I've lived in a number of neighborhoods. I, I have a little bit of a different context. Um, and I, I think it's important that folks who've lived in neighborhoods for a long time and, and help build those communities and have gone through the trauma that those communities went through, like it is noteworthy to point out, like, yo, that was some hard stuff that people went through. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you have to keep it that way and that you have to stay there. If there's a better opportunity somewhere else, go there. <laughs> you don't just have to stay in that neighborhood just because that's the only place you ever lived and it was a traumatic experience for you and your parents and your kids. Man, that's, uh, that's really deep, man. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. and that's that's a phenomenal example. I mean, as we're as we're thinking about this, I mean, it sounds like the way that you get in the game is by participating, and yes. participating takes various shapes and forms in terms of how yes. you put these yields together, how you mm -hmm. get you know some sort of stake in how that community is changing. Yes, and. And it almost feels like, you know, if, if it's like me and you against KKR or Blackstone or Apollo, like we're not gonna beat them. No. But if we work with those forces kind of like judo and right. we learn to work with it, we can end up benefiting from it in, in ways that we otherwise would have never been able to five, 10 years ago, let alone fighting it is almost futile. Yes, correct. Instead, figure out a way to leverage that so that you can work together, right? You can be profitable and earn wealth together. Mm. So I guess in terms of final, final thoughts on this, mm -hmm. you can't stop it work with no. it correct but how 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 do we how do we benefit from it if we have like no money no resources no access um you first then i'll go <laughs> um i think i think we we live in an age where like you can Google stuff and there are public record searches and you can find out who owns like that dilapidated building that you think something should get done to it. You can find ways to find the owner and have, have a substantial conversation 
maybe they want to sell. Maybe they're holding it because they're executing on a business plan. But I think, I think because the because of the internet and because of data, I think it's a lot easier to get into those rooms to have those conversations if you put in the time and the effort to go around and you know really the legwork right to to make that happen right i think i think the elephant in every room in business today is that technology can change everything instantly um that nothing is untouched by technology, right? The richest man in the world is either Bezos or Elon. <laughs> um, used to be Bill Gates. Um, I think, you know, folks can figure out how to utilize technology to solve some of these problems that are still very old, very traditional, very inefficient. Um, the rewards could be shattering. Um, and I think it just hasn't been solved yet. Um, those are kind of my final thoughts is that there is a way to solve this puzzle. Obviously, I haven't yet because I'd be a billionaire if I did. <laughs> but I think the opportunity is there. I think the demand is there. I think the need is there. Um, to solve this issue of, of, of equitable um, distribution of wealth in communities and allow people in those communities to enjoy that. So I think we'll close it out there. Thank you all so much for joining us again. Um, thank you, Andre. This is an amazing conversation. Um, no. Thank you, man. I think I think this is the the start of many conversations, and you know, I'm very very excited to see where where we get our feedback and you know, where we can uh, continue to kind of shed light on this topic. Absolutely, absolutely. Till then, take care. Take care.